buttress those feelings now. Buttress them. Buttress them now. <laughs> it's the it's the Review or Do podcast. Uh, I'm DJ. I'm Evan. And this is the podcast where we uh, typically take a second look at uh, our favorite pieces of medium, music, or movies. And if you would like to request uh, something for us to check out, head on over to ko-fi.com slash rapcritic where you can get those uh, music, movie, or live stream requests in. Or, or uh, as a matter of fact, uh, in addition to that, uh, if you are a patron at patreon.com slash rapcritic, uh, you can get all Kofi requests for half off. So get with it, act like you want it. You know, enjoy both sides of the, of the table, getting the you know material early and then getting your requests in, you know what I'm saying? This request was by Dr. Goatman. Thank you so much for your request. And if you'd like to make a request, you know what to do. Uh, head on over to that kofi.com slash rapcritic. So let's get into this movie. I'm sorry, I had to open up with the buttress. Because just yeah, yeah, yeah. the way he says that, like, just particularly one too many times, it's like, buttress, buttress. Yeah. Uh, like, what does that mean again? <laughs> like, just shore it up to, to oh, okay. reinforce it. Yeah. It's just a silly sounding thing. Buttress. No. Um, but because the word butt is in it. We yeah. are the very mature uh, podcast reviewers that you are now listening to, and we're going to talk about uh, 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 Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery. So let's get into Glass Onion, this movie that's essentially about how mega rich people are mostly idiots who sometimes get lucky. Like, yeah. can, can I just say, like, that's really what the first scene with the um the black dude l- l- Lionel uh, li- uh, what was the oh yeah Lionel was his real uh the character name the character. um and like I and I loved how he was kind of like the set up person for who the Miles uh, uh Braun yeah because was. you see this guy who seems to be like an actual scientist of some kind mm-hmm. and he is and he's kind of bought into Miles's hype and so he's like look right. he's sending us these ideas and 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 it's like clearly like he's getting a fax with like you know, child equals NFT, and he's the one who's actually figuring out how to implement this, like, scrawled idea that a six-year-old right. could come up with, but he's still giving Miles the credit, and he's still being like, well, Miles is coming up with these ideas. It's like, no, you're doing that. He just came up with, like, a word. Well, what's so interesting <laughs> is that, like, I remember watching, you know, Venture Brothers, and, like, that criticism of, like, in the sixth season where Venture is kind of, like, the tech guy who's, you know, now he's inherited his brother's billions, but now people are looking to him as the new Dr. Venture for ideas, and he's going to his guys and going, come on, give me new ideas that I can go to the science fair. And I remember having that moment of, like, wait, this bullshit, you're ripping off the idea? And then I had that flash point of, oh, wait, they're just talking about, like, the Bill Gateses and Steve Jobses who literally don't come, like, this isn't some, they're uh, comically exaggerating, this is just what yeah, happens. Yeah, I mean, going back to Edison, right? Yeah. <laughs> Like you've got these people who are sort of the, the overseers the, of people coming yeah, up with ideas, and they, and they become the figurehead. I mean, it's it's almost it almost feels like people who think that actors come up with the words they say <laughs> yeah. in movies. I mean, what if it's like a similar principle, like because you know when you create a company and he's the, Steve so and so, Steve Jobs is the figurehead of that company. Well, I, we can't just say it's a whole bunch of people. Uh, it'll be easier if people just think, oh, that's the guy, the ideas man, and he's such a genius, mm-hmm. and we can put it all together. I'm the guy who's presenting everything, so it'll be easier for mainstream audiences to just think, uh, well, it's that guy who does it instead of like a whole conglomeration. You know what I mean? Yeah, like they're banking off of people's ignorance about how all of this stuff works in the first yeah, place. Yeah, and I will say, like, there is. I think there is a role for the person who's, like, the united, you know, the vision person. Because, like, I'll say, like, look, I'm an engineer. That's my day job. I couldn't run a company. I would have no... I wouldn't know how to come up with a marketing campaign or whatever. It's like, I can code, but I wouldn't know how to do, like, all the other shit that goes into, like, making and selling a product. Um, But the problem is when people are... 
when people are sort of made into celebrities yeah. for being essentially CEOs. And, and well, specifically being, like, adored being, for being be, a brilliant genius. Right, being treated as a genius when it's like, no, they're doing a specific job. Yeah, and this is what I found was interesting. So, like, all throughout that first movie, I mean, all throughout the first sequence where he's talking to the um, the donors, basically, and trying to, like, explain to them what's going on. It's like, okay, like, we did this, and I don't know what's going on. He's, like, this guy seems to be this weird genius, and he, he sends me this and sends me that, and I don't get it, but child equals NFT. Hey, that gave us enough money to buy this building. So can you argue with that? So what do we do? It's like, to- except the people who made that a thing are not him. And- yes, because I was thinking about this. It's like, okay, so the fact that one of his ideas works that's what makes them see him as a god, right? That's the thing. Right. It's like, oh, well, well we gotta see what he does next. Even though he had eight other ideas that you just mentioned that didn't do anything. Well, didn't and it, anywhere, yeah, and know? again, even that idea wasn't really an idea <laughs> right. because the people who actually turned it into a thing did all the... I mean, it's like, look, yeah. I could say to you, hey... I got an idea I, for this book. Like, you know? <laughs> well, hey, I could, I could say to you, dragonfly spoons... And you could be like, what? And I could just go dragonfly spoons and then say you spend like months thinking really hard about that and engineering like this amazing sort of like portable multi-tool that looks like a dragonfly and has a spoon on the end Mm. and it's super useful and it's like the next generation Swiss Army knife. It would be really stupid for for to give me the credit for that invention if you put the months of work into figuring it out just because I said the words dragonflies. Like, uh, dragonflies, but you wouldn't have thought of it. About, okay, but you didn't actually put in the practicality to make it work. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And so, um, and I, I think that it's interesting, specifically that the guy on the screen says, uh, like, you know, this company is a, is a, is about science. It's not a religion, so it has to have you know practical, provable results. Whatever you're doing. And, um, but like I said, there's that line where he says like, well, once you get the money, you know, through the idea that works, how can you argue with the rich guy? He's got money now. He has the credible, like he has the money that gives him the credibility that says this guy has good thoughts now, even though nine out of 10 of them didn't work. The one that did work, making him a millionaire. So now you got to listen to what he says. Like, this is how our... You know, yeah, country I mean, works in I terms was going to say, like, that's you know what, what people kept saying about Trump was like, well, he has money, so he must know what he's right. doing and every... And, um, and also, I wanted to mention about that that I think somebody says uh, somebody says that he, that Edward Norton's character social networked mm. uh, Janelle Monae's character in reference to him driving her out of the country <laughs> uh, out of the company. Uh-huh. But the irony there is that at least again, so I'm not so the social network from what I can tell was not a particularly accurate movie, and so I'm not no. saying like what actually happened or didn't happen, but. Um, well, I guess maybe it was from if Janelle Monae was like that guy. She, she would be the the two the twin brothers. Not the twins, because uh, yeah. I was going to say the Winklevosses actually were kind of like uh, like Miles in the in the movie. Again, I'm not talking about real life. I don't know what happened in real uh. life. In the movie, the Winklevosses are just like, hey, wouldn't it be cool if there was a website and you could have friends? And then they didn't do any actual like work or anything. They were just like, wouldn't They're that the be ideas, cool? man. Right. And that's kind of what Miles is. So it's like, uh, yeah. yeah. And, and who's he, the guy who, who was the person who was Facebook who actually put pen to paper and actually, you know, coming up yeah. with how and, to make the mechanics Oh, work? okay. So, Whoever that is, that's who Janelle Monet is. Yeah, well, okay. So here's the thing. We've got to say a real big spoiler now. Oh, yes, yes, okay, yes. Because I've got to say something and I can't say that until we do a big, big spoiler warning. So if you have not seen, <laughs> so this movie, is really fun to watch twice. Yeah. You should definitely watch it twice. 
Um, I had I enjoyed the hell out of it watching it the second time. But this is the big spoiler warning, so I'm about to say a spoiler. Okay, go, go away, goodbye. All right. So we should specify when we say Janelle, like you know, often we uh, just say the actors, but we should yeah. actually we shouldn't say Janelle Monae because she actually plays two characters. two characters. One of them she barely plays. It turns mm-hmm. out um, she plays Cassandra Brand. Yeah. Brand. Oh, or, I just or Andy. Yeah. Yeah, I just realized that that last name Brand is pretty like on the nose there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. But so she plays Andy Cassandra who is this, um, you know, sort of genius entrepreneur girl boss. Yeah. And it, it's not quite clear exactly what she does either because it, she just seems to be kind of an ideas person herself, but she's a better ideas person than yeah, Miles. Yeah, yeah, like actually puts, um, puts the pen to the paper. Yeah. And then she also plays Andy's twin sister, Helen, mm-hmm. who for most of the movie is pretending to be Andy and we don't find out until midway through. Literally that- midway through because I, I paused the movie and it was right at an hour and ten minutes in yeah. the movie's two hours and I was like, oh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, so this is a really, uh, similar to Knives Out, the movie does a similar thing where it'll show you a narrative and then it'll show you the narrative from a completely different perspective with yeah. new knowledge and be like, and here's what was actually happening. And, and what's interesting is that it was like, that won't be the mystery though. It's like, oh yeah, you thought that this would have been the mystery, but actually what we're trying to figure out is this thing that happened way back here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, and, and also the other thing that's interesting is that um, when you watch it a second time, as I did recently, you with the knowledge of what gets revealed halfway through you're then watching the first part yeah and you see things in the first part that you wouldn't have necessarily noticed so right. and, and that pays off in how like uh, characters like, like um, the dr- the drama of how people uh, interact with it, each other and now like oh now that knowing look looks it's feels the like subtle this things now. because yeah. especially all of the all of the interactions in the first half of the movie between Miles, Edward Norton's character, and Andy, you know, Helen as Andy, Janelle Monáe's character, all of the interactions between them on their first viewing are just like, oh, well, they have this big falling out and they feel awkward with each other and that's why they're acting like that. But when you watch it a second time... And you understand you, You're like, what? oh, he's seeing, he's seeing a ghost. That's why he's acting like that because he's seeing somebody he thinks he killed. And what's interesting is that they uh, they give you little uh, line misleads. Like one of the characters like, you're not supposed to be here to Andy. And then like everyone's kind of like, why is she here? What's going on? So it seems like everyone's got it in for her when really the information that we doesn't know that we don't know is that they had a recent thing that happened to him and what specifically the rich guy has done like so we don't know right. the specific dynamics we're just thinking hmm everyone could be a uh, you know a person who could be looked at with uh, you know yeah. suspicion also just the um the stupidity of miles um <laughs> and the, yes, because it's I the love kind that. Of, it's the kind of stuff that kind of flies past a little bit mm-hmm. the first time. Legitimately, there are moments where he would miss say words and I remember having the moment of, wait, is that... I, maybe that's... You know what I mean? Where it's like, your brain like accepts it and what's funny about this movie is that the, this movie punishes you for that. This movie punishes you for going this whole movie it's and like, not questioning this whole time. Right. Yeah. And, even, and, and what's interesting here too is that... Um, is uh is um Daniel Craig's character uh uh um 
Oh my Benoit God. Blanc. Benoit Blanc. <laughs> Benoit the Blanc. new Hercule Poirot, if I do say so myself. Yeah, which I really enjoyed this movie. Just I, to get away. I, I just gotta say, like Daniel Craig is so so delightful. Benoit Blanc is so delightful. Normally, I have a huge pet peeve. I mean, we both grew up in the South. Right. Have you right. ever actually met anybody with that accent? No. No. Right. And so normally, I have a huge pet peeve of that kind of accent. But that character is so. It's such a caricature. He's such a cartoon. I love him. And yeah. also, I just, like, I love, like, Daniel Craig's, you know, we, we all saw him, up until that point, we saw him as, like, cool James, James, Bond. And James yeah. Bond, or we saw him in The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, and he's so, like, you know, stoic and cool, and it's just fun getting to see him have fun. See him being an actor, see, like, really see, stretching himself to do something. getting to be kind of goofy. But yeah. what I loved is that, um, so, Benoit Blanc in Knives Out is a little bit infallible, um, mm. he, in the original one, like, he doesn't really make any major mistakes, yeah. and he, um, and he kind of seems to know everything and be in control at all times, and, and I'm... supposed to be the great detective, right, right? and I am glad that he made a pretty big mistake in this movie. They, first of all, lampshade him being the super genius when he ruins the murder <laughs> mystery, which I loved, yeah. but then having him make a pretty significant mistake that actually has consequences... I thought it was really good because otherwise that character would be in danger. Um, that that character would be in danger of turning into Special Agent Pendergast. Uh, if anybody has mm. read the Preston and Child Special Agent Pendergast books, I enjoy the hell out of them. I, I read. I like binged just dozens, like probably not dozens, but they they wrote these books. Um, Reliquary, Relic, and Reliquary, and um, I, I'm blanking on a lot of the titles now. But they're these murder mystery books about this super genius aristocrat FBI agent who's like a martial arts expert and super spiritual and just like good at everything. And Basically written by Steven Seagal type guy where it's like, oh, this guy can do everything. He's yeah. totally, he could fly in like Batman underwater. And he pretty <laughs> much never makes any significant mistakes ever. Like there was one book where he's wrong about something, but he's only wrong for like a minute and it doesn't have any actual consequences. And, um... And, and it got tiresome after a while, after I'd read, like, 12 of these books. I was like, okay, but, like, he's always right. He never makes a mistake. And it kind of ruins things. Trying to make the new Sherlock Holmes, basically. Yeah. And even even Holmes, like, Holmes got outwitted yeah, by... Yeah, he, he wasn't perfect. By Irene Adler. Like, and I think having, like... Also, uh, had a Coke problem. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. But I think a scandal in Bohemia is so important for the Holmes legacy. Because if Irene Adler in Scandal in Bohemia had not tricked and beaten Holmes, he would have been infallible and he would have been less interesting. And knowing that at least one person was smarter than him mm. is really important. Um, and, and I think similarly, like seeing Blanc make a significant mistake in this one. Um, by the way, I'm sorry. I just randomly, this popped into my head, but I just realized that Ethan Hawke, we only see him. It's yeah, he's in the movie. I saw him in his name in the credits. I was like, yeah, we only who did he play? He was the guy at the beginning on the dock who sprays the anti-COVID spray in their mouth. Oh, that's who. Yeah. And we only because I remember we're like, I feel like I'm supposed to know who this is, but who is that? Well, and it's like I just realized we only see him then. He doesn't yeah, he come, doesn't up, come back. 
He doesn't come back. It's this cameo because he seems like the kind of. He seems like the guy who's helping the mislead of like, whoa, whoa, what is that guy doing? Why does he do that? No one's questioning it. He seems like he would be around the island the whole time, like skulking around, and he'd have some role in the end. And no, he just doesn't come. Yeah. Uh, So that was funny. Um, But also, it occurred to me that that like spray that they put in the mouths, you know, and you just kind of. Like, oh, God. Because I realized it's like, okay, so at the beginning of the movie, especially when you're seeing it the first time, it's like, oh, Miles is a super tech genius, right? And it's set during COVID. It's set during, like, the early days of the pandemic. Mm. And they're all on the dock, and they're all wearing, well... Yeah, it's a period <laughs> piece. <laughs> well, yeah, and and almost all of them are wearing masks. Birdie, who's um, Kate Hudson's kind of stupid, vapid... Celebutant mm-hmm. uh, is wearing a Paris Hilton mesh mask that oh, is doing that's right, nothing. Which doesn't even like. Yeah, and really. then of course Duke and Whiskey are not wearing masks at all. <laughs> we'll um, get to them. Oh, Dave Bautista. And oh. yeah, and um, it's it was also really weird going from Guardians of the Galaxy where Dave Bautista is like the <laughs> most lovable guy to have him play this total. No, honestly, douche. I love it. Like uh, I'm yeah, loving Dave Bautista every time I see him in a role. I'm just like. Ever since I think I saw him, it was a James Bond movie. I was oh hey him and uh, and Daniel Craig yeah, yeah. reunite. <laughs> he's he's so good. He's so much fun. Yeah. But so several of them are wearing masks at least. Uh, oh yeah, and and uh, uh, what's her face? Agatha. <laughs> like oh what the, is her the name? Rachel Maddow surrogate. Her yeah. What is well she's a gov- Catherine Hahn. Catherine Hahn. Yeah. Catherine Hahn's character has the mask like slipping off her face, mm-hmm. but they spray this thing in their mouth, and he's just like, "You're good. You don't need the masks yeah. anymore." And the first time you watch the movie, you're just like, "Oh wow, he's got this super tech thing." And then when you watch it again, my first thought was. It's kind of shitty if he did have, like, some kind of cure for COVID that he would just be, like, keeping it to himself. But also, knowing what we know know about Miles, he clear- that clearly doesn't work. Oh, it's- no. They're probably all going to have COVID. Uh. <laughs> like, they're probably all going to get COVID from right. that. Well, yeah, I mean, this is the big thing about the movie. The idea is that he's this tech genius, which basically means he's this infallible god. But it's just, like, as more and more gets revealed, it's kind of like, wait a minute, but that didn't work. And I heard that we couldn't, we can't, the, the boats can't come into the dock until tomorrow on the low tide because you didn't think this ahead. You didn't think ahead yeah, for this. And that, yeah, that this, spray, yeah. like, it was, I mean, on the one hand, it was clever to begin with. I mean, because it's like, yeah, you, you don't want to have them wearing masks or futzing with the masks the whole mm. movie. But also having that, like, added layer of watching the second time and going, oh, they're all fucked. That was just some bullshit. That was, like, some breath spray. Mm. <laughs> so the guy says, uh... <clears throat> you know, go, going back earlier, because uh, w- w- before they even get the puzzle, because we haven't even gotten to the puzzle. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, we we we're like now almost half an hour. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so so the guy says, uh, you know, the guy says to him, I hope this works out because your name's attached to it. So like, he's saying to the um, to Lionel, the yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. He's saying Who, like the guy talking to him is just like some investor, some guy yeah, on the investors. Board, I think. Yeah, yeah. And so like you know, your name is on the line for this too. So if if this messes up, you're going down too. And the idea is that, you know, it's like, um, it, it starts this theme of, you know, how people attach themselves to other people for clout, right? It's just like, yeah. okay, this guy's attached to you, he's the bigger name, but you're going down with him if things go wrong. You know what it reminded me of, too, a little bit, was Theranos, That's where, nice. so do you, you know that whole thing with Theranos, Elizabeth Holmes, and she was oh, like, Oh, yeah, right, and yeah, she, the, uh, Chick with the bl- uh, blue eyes and blonde the hair who's like, crazy. I'm like, you know, think, I'm acting manly because I need to do that in yeah, the male so industry. Do, you but, know, but you know the whole thing with her, right? Was she yeah, was like, she was a fucking... 
that, 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 that artist. Well, because she was like, "We're gonna make a machine that takes one drop of blood and can accurately diagnose, mm. uh, you know, any disease." And everybody who knew anything about medicine was like, "That's impossible. That's not gonna work." And she was like, "Do or do not. There is no try. Right, right. Just Girl make boss it, energy. Make it know. work. Make it happen." And the the I think the we're we're coming. I think we're not even coming to the end. I think we have. I believe as a culture past somewhat, at least I think the mainstream has gotten past this idea of the entrepreneur as like king of the world. Right. But that for a while, the idea that a charismatic person finding smart people and just basically telling them no excuses, make this magic thing happen because I said so. Right. And then causing people who actually knew what they were talking about to scramble and panic trying to please this person mm. with their magical thinking that that was somehow admirable to just be like, yeah. like I could, if I had a billion dollars, whatever, and I hired a bunch of scientists and was like, you know, turn me into a butterfly, make it happen. I don't care. Like that. Yeah. They can make it happen eventually. If you put enough people together they can do anything, but, maybe. <laughs> well, but no, I mean, some things genuinely are impossible. Right, right. Right. Some things genuinely are impossible. And the idea that anything is possible if you throw enough money at it and just insist hard enough. Right. And, and when you don't have to put in the elbow grease to right. do it yourself. Like, and, and so on the one hand, like Lionel, is as you know is said later suckling at the golden titties of Miles Braun. Um, it also just occurred to me the names in this like that we've got Andy Brand and Miles Braun, and his mm. name sounds like a sort of warped version of hers. Like yeah, her, his yeah, last name. that is interesting. Um, and also Braun is like he doesn't have brains. He has yeah. Braun. I was just yeah. thinking about that. Um, but. But yeah, like that that idea that he's a genius, like literally you could take a four-year-old and the four-year-old could be like, I want a flying pony. Like, and Well, honestly, what it sounds like to me, it sounds like someone going, it sounds like when someone's like, uh, it, it, you know, giving someone a movie idea and be like, hey, what about a movie about this thing? It's like, make it work. You're the story guy. You make the story work. And then later on, come and be like, oh, I brought the, you know, I was the ideas man who brought it right. all together. It's except, like, wait. except even worse, because arguably at least, you know, you can, you can make anything happen in a movie, especially with CGI now. Mm. You can, you literally can make pretty much anything happen in a movie, right. but you can't make anything happen in you can't make just you can't make a drop of blood be able to tell your whole freaking uh, and so and so the idea that somebody just throwing out ideas like a kindergartner and that somehow that makes them a genius when the people actually trying to figure out how to make it work don't get the credit because they didn't quote unquote come up with the idea anyway i feel like we've said enough about that but it's so i know but like well because this says a lot about the character that we're building to right yes because the intrigue is, is Lionel sitting around, you know, discombobulated, trying to clean up after this guy, going like, what are we missing with all these connections? What's the deeper connection from this incomprehensible genius? And the turn of this whole movie is that it's nothing. He just gets lucky with some ideas sometimes, if even that, because the main thing that he's uh, getting lucky with right now is this new, um, they haven't even beta tested it yet, like chemical from hydrogen yeah. or chloride and or something like, called clear, that they're trying to say, like, this will revolutionize, mm-hmm. you know, how we build things. You know, like, this could be in every, you know, uh, repipe which he got from a Which he got from another scientist who was disgraced, but he right. didn't even come up with that. And, right. and it reminds me of what Lionel's doing is a essentially like just reading 
you know, he's like reading shapes into the clouds. Like you could have yeah. a hamster knock over a Scrabble. Like a, you, you could have like a guinea pig knock over a bag of Scrabble tiles and somebody could look at those letters and be like, oh, what is this saying? What's the meaning here? And try right. to like come up with words and meaning. It's a fucking guinea pig. It's not a genius, yeah. right? And so Miles is essentially being the guinea pig that knocked over a Scrabble set. Mm-hmm. Um, and also I do think like, it's interesting the way the movie, like, we don't see Miles, I don't think, until... Yeah, yeah, we don't see him everybody, until we get to the island. Everybody's talking about him, but we don't see him until fairly mm-hmm. far in, and that also sets up this, like, oh, this mysterious... Because you, the audience member, is also starting to believe the, the BS, right? You're like, oh, I guess this must be... Because right. oh, he's sending them this puzzle box, and it's so yeah. complex, and Because what the heck? even, and, again, like, the first time I saw the movie, when they all, like, got this mouth spray... It, my first thought was like, oh, okay, so he's got some way to cure COVID or like prevent COVID so they don't have to wear masks. And it wasn't until the second viewing and then thinking about it that it was like, oh, no, that was probably bullshit. And they some probably, experimental bullshit they just did, you know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Well, and they probably all would have gotten COVID. Yeah, like, yeah. But, and so, you know, before that scene is over, like, you know, Lionel's complaining. He's like, all he says is make it work or what if it works? So I don't know what to do. And it says like, and you know, there's this whole thing. It's like, well, we can't, should we, uh, he's trying to see if we can approve putting this volatile uh, substance on a manned flight somewhere. So it's like, is that okay? You know, we got to figure out the ethics of that. I've been trying to tell him like, oh, we need to do beta testing for at least two two years. And then maybe, da, 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 you know, but he keeps telling me to move on it, move on it. So yeah, like that thing, there keeps being this idea of, oh, what if it works? Make it work. You know, it's never like, I'm coming up with a practical idea for how it works. It's you doing, you know, like in the in the very text, they're very directly saying, this guy's not coming up with the ideas. And then as we get to the mystery box, what's interesting is that there's another line where uh, someone says, oh, this must be one of Miles Braun's boxes. He must have like come up with it. And, uh, and then when we get to the island, you hear him say, well, I paid for this person to do this and uh, I paid a lot of yeah, money to bring it he together. he paid Jillian Flynn who wrote Gone Girl to come up with his murder <laughs> mystery. <laughs> But yeah, I love stuff like that where it's like this, it's insinuating to you, the audience, that isn't this guy a brilliant genius? Don't you hear everyone else talking about it? But then if you pay attention, it's like, wait, but didn't they just say someone else wrote it? Wait, didn't they just say, it? you know what I mean? So wait, wait, hold on. They're yeah. genius. Because in the first movie, there's kind of like, oh, this this brilliant, you know, uh, uh, mystery novel writer. So that's kind of the intrigue. Oh, what is the mystery that he's bringing to these people by doing what he does mm-hmm. in that movie? Because Harlan genuinely is a genius. Right. And so it feels like, this movie is building off of your expectations from the first. Oh, are we dealing with another mad genius? Yeah. Nope. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, so I, that's the brilliant meta narrative that I actually really appreciate about this movie. Yeah, I, I just, all the little touches too of like, um, so like the big giant paint, I feel like he was definitely supposed to be a little bit Trumpian as well because like the giant painting of like a super ripped younger Edward Norton. Well, I thought that like, was supposed to be Kanye West. <laughs> What? In that picture where it looks all holy and religious or whatever. You know oh, he's, he's like lifting weights. He's got a six pack. I thought that was Kanye West because it's so, it looks slightly like darker than his face and it looks like, I don't oh, know, something about think, it. And the arrogance of it just made it look like, a, is funny. this supposed to be like a Kanye West portrait? Oh, I don't know. Well, it was, it, to me that was definitely, it looked like Edward Norton. Like, I, mean, I wasn't looking at his, yeah. yeah it looked like close. Edward Norton like kind of like at the end of Fight Club. Yeah. But, but it's also, it's like, you know, 
Edward Norton has looked like that. I don't believe Miles Braun has right, ever looked right, like that. Yeah, yeah. And it definitely felt like something like Trump would do. Mm-hmm. I, I, I know he has done. Yeah. Um, Oh my god, that's what I, my next uh, <clears throat> note that I wrote. This movie is so modern, it's like searing. Like, it's just, like, the commentary that they that they kind of, um... Uh, so, so there's the two main characters. There's the, uh... I mean, not main characters, but two interesting, like, political sides of things characters. There's the Rachel uh, Rachel Maddow surrogate uh, with Catherine Hahn's character, Did you right? meet her as a Rachel Maddow surrogate? Like, she's... because when she's first introduced, she's doing the thing of, like... You guys got to get your head out of the sand about climate change, people. And yeah, it feels I mean, reads like that sort of the, had, on the liberal side of things, yeah, given the business. I mean, you she, know, she had sort of a Rachel Maddow vibe, but also she's a, a politician. She's a governor who's running for senate. Right, right. Um, and yeah, the, that I well, the reason why I thought that was because what Dave Batista feels like he's playing the opposite, he, the red the, pill he's dude. He's the manosphere. Yeah, yeah. So my he, brain was thinking that he's it was like, like a, he's like if Alex Jones were actually in great shape. Yeah, no, <laughs> he's like if Alex Jones crossed over with who's that guy who recently got arrested? Oh, Andrew Tate. Yeah, Andrew Tate. He's because as I was looking at his face, it, it was paining me to see this. I was like, oh, I see why they're casting him because he totally looks like yeah. Andrew Tate. Like a oh, he he's what Andrew Tate wishes that he actually looked like you know what I mean yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah so oh I just want to mention real quick the killer soundtrack every single freaking song that they use hits here because yeah. first they start with the um, uh, I think it's Blackbird that they're playing when yeah. they get to the island and it's so like a, ooh shit like it's so soundtrack nicely when you see the well what you think is ice uh, sculptures uh-huh. coming up but it turns out to be the, the clear stuff that he's using but yeah it's just such a cool scene you hear like the soundtrack before and then it blends into the ding 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 and I was like, oh yeah, this is Glass Onion. There, oh, is there going to be a bunch of Beatles songs references? And there's only two, I think. And actually, there's like two I David appre- Bowie references. But- I appreciated that the title drop song wasn't till the credits. <laughs> yeah, and that was it was so perfect what it was because because that song, interestingly enough, is basically like the most meta that the Beatles get in terms of like, yeah, hey, like by the way, this, that song songs. is about him and yeah. this song is about him. It was like, remember that song that we wrote last time? Well, did you know that this song's actually about this? You know, it was like so yeah. just like messing with people. And so I think it's actually so perfect that like this is what this movie is ended by because it's like, oh yeah, this movie is about messing with you and narratives and getting meta about what that narrative is. So we get to, we see the Rachel, again, I thought it because she was like on a news looking segment thing, but yeah, she could have just been a, like liberal politician, sort of um, Elizabeth Warren type, maybe you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you see her, she's making what feels like this very hardline stance. If you don't, you know, agree with climate change, get your head out of the sand. Then later on in the movie, we find out she's willing to sign off on uh, her friend Miles's BS because, well, I'm kind of if I sign off on this, he helps me out with my campaign. So da 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 da, tit for tat. And what's funny to me is that it's like. That is how real politics happens. We can bloviate about how oh we need to get the disruption out of politics in the in the in, you know in the in the uh, 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 not disruption but the get the money out of politics yeah get the money out of politics get the um, um the lobbying yeah get all that stuff but at the end of the day what it really is is people who know each other going you're gonna scratch my back right like and it doesn't need to be as like this is how things work the wheeling and dealing really is mm. people organically talking to each other hey remember me from back then you're gonna help me out with blah 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 so we don't need to wear you know what I'm saying like and it's so much harder to like catch that kind of person especially when they're the type of person who's trying to lobby in the I'm the good progressive person so my hands are clean and you don't need to investigate me at all because you know I'm one of the good guys so when I say that we should go you know go if you're not for climate change you're an idiot and anyone who in the abstract is against it is BS 
but then as soon as things get a little personal, you're willing to compromise. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It just shows like, okay, so what is your character really? Yeah. And then you have the red pill guy, and I loved Dave Batista's initial video. It made me laugh so fucking hard as someone who is on YouTube, and I see all these right wing guys all the fucking time. And yeah. so just think like, the, oh my god, they hit it. Like when you see a movie, hit it so right, and you're like, god damn it, you've been watching YouTube all day, haven't you? Yeah. <laughs> Ryan Johnson. <laughs> but because uh, he comes in, what, what does he say? He says like, he says, uh, you know. The uh, breastification. Yeah, no, yeah, but the way he sets it up, he's like, I didn't, you know, I just want to make it very clear that I think that breasts are great, and I think that we get a lot of great stuff from breasts, and I hope no one thinks that I'm denigrating breasts. But when I say that we're entering the breastification of America, what I'm talking about is the softening of it, and da 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 and then, you know, his... his I like, yo, he also says we get cheese from breasts, Yeah, he's, he's like, like I, I... We get great things from breasts. I don't I, want to denigrate them. I, I guess, technically, like, you could call others breasts, or, like, you could make cheese out of human milk, but... But, but what I love is, it's like, it's him, like, it's the comically exaggerated version of the guy who clearly said something that exposed too much the bullshit of his ideology, yeah. so he has to, like, try to walk some things yeah, back yeah, while yeah, still yeah, trying yeah. to keep his audience, you know, yeah. like... Also, like, Whiskey is a really interesting character to me, because she's clearly putting on this character that she thinks is bullshit, which is like, yeah. oh, I like my boobies, sorry, feminist. Well, yeah, I like when she came up, she's like, oh, I like boobs, sorry, feminist. And then later, when she's talking to Helen that she thinks is Andy yeah. and she's clearly very you know she is clearly very intelligent to a point and she's talking about oh yeah I'm trying to do this to get this but like I'm gonna have to move away because if I want to get into politics I need to she, more- she used a certain word in a way that I remember being like like where, where the thing was like oh I assume all these characters are dumb because everyone seems like they're kind of dumbasses so far yeah. especially the wife of she, the guy who's the dumbass whis- of course Whiskey is very clearly the smartest person there yeah. other, other than uh, um, other than Benoit and, Benoit and arguably Helen, yeah, yeah. you know, she's a teacher. She's not completely stupid. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Whiskey's arguably one of the smarter people there. But even with her, it's like, okay, so you're planning on getting into politics and you don't want to, but, but, and you're worried about being taken seriously, but like you're on YouTube. Yeah, and you're with the, <laughs> she says, I want to get into politics, but uh, I don't want to get into like, the, what it felt like to me was she got with this guy, you know, at a certain point and she's trying to build her brand or whatever. And she's like, oh, hey, he's let me on his YouTube videos and oh, his videos seem to be more and more about this sort of, the, like, it feels like one of those things where like, uh oh, I got with someone and it seems like. For clicks and views, because that's what it happens, right? Like, this guy is pushing towards a certain audience, and, well, I'm his girlfriend, so <laughs> let me ride with it, too. I'm trying to build my brand, you know? And so, it's like, again, it's pulling on the idea of, like, people who hang on to other people for clout and things of that nature, but seeing the different dynamics of, like, why they do so. Because with her, it's like, I was a little bit more sympathetic to her character. Like, I wasn't fully sympathetic, because it's like, eh, no, you're still throwing your lot in with this type of guy, and you could have been like, no, I don't agree with this. But at the same time, I understand why. Hey, it's, you know, it's the modern age. We all got to build up a brand. This is how I got to do it. This is how I got to do it. You know, like, I understand why this character is having this moment, right? Yeah. Because it's like, you know, I just happen to get in with this guy as a YouTuber and his channel's doing really good and maybe if I just don't make waves, I can just, like, get something off of it. You know yeah, what I yeah. mean? Yeah, um, you, you have more insight into that. <laughs> so, love Janelle Monet, right? And she's, like, very, her persona as an artist, right? She's got, like, the sort of you know, cybernetic, like, you know, she's got this very um, stately and aristocratic. Yeah, and she doesn't talk that, like, the actual Andy character, we never really see her talk that much, except maybe in the third act when she says something really, like, big in the court scene. But, so I think it's interesting, like, we see her as, like, you know, more of a person cutting, cutting a, you know, cool face, 
and we mostly see Helen as the, you know, more mousy character right. trying to emulate the big sister, you know what I yeah. mean? I think that's an interesting and, dynamic. And so, her, Janelle Monae as Helen was really weird to me. I don't think she did a bad job at all. Mm. Like, I'm not saying she did a bad job. It was just very weird because I, my, you know, I'm so used to seeing Janelle Monet as a persona that's very similar to Andy, and not even Andy in the flashback, but like, Post becoming hyper successful, Andy, right, and seeing her be this like kind of mousy little school marm was so weird. Yeah, I, I think again, I think it was her like stretching, you know, her her chops. Yeah, trying, trying and to again, be like, I okay, don't playing a person who's trying to play this person and it, clearly failing at it. Like it that's was, an interesting. Dynamic, it was yeah. extremely against type, and I don't think she failed. I don't think she did a, did a bad job, and yet my brain was just like, "Come on, though, you're Janelle Monae. Come yeah. on, though, you know." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um... Then, uh, so they have the quick part where Andy ben meets Benoit when we don't know what their relationship is. And I remember, like, when I watched it second and I noted that. And so there's an interesting thing that this movie does. This movie is a murder mystery that does lie to you at one point narratively. But the way it pays it off is so good, I, I allow it. You know how sometimes a movie will just lie to you about a scene that happened? Like, oh, you thought this happened. But actually it was this. But it's like, but literally what you showed us was this. So how the hell were we supposed to get that it was actually the other thing? You get what I'm trying to say? Yeah, yeah. But the way this movie do, does it, I think it's actually really fucking brilliant. So it, it, uh, just to get it out of the way, Miles Braun, he's kind of, you know, this rich billionaire trying to make his mark in the world. His big quote is that I'm going to do something that gets me in the same, mentioned in the same breath as the Mona Lisa, right? Like, mm -hmm. I'm going to do something that's so great. People are going to... Can, can I just say also, like, I feel like the movie did a really good job with the flashback of making the characters look younger and also yeah, I like, like that. younger and also worse <laughs> yes because they're supposed to be i think maybe in their late 20s early 30s and they're, then now they're like in late 30s early 40s right, right like, they're, they're supposed to be in well because i can't remember if they said the uh the time frame but they're supposed to be yeah they're supposed to be in their 40s or they're supposed to be in their 30s in the flashback but also they're all kind of like poor yeah you can see them look like a uh, lionel like he he's, isn't nearly as smooth his hair is all messed yeah. up looking and so uh, then yeah. and so then later they are older but richer and more successful and so they look older but also better and it, i just thought like the it sometimes when you see people like flashbacks in movies and it's the same actor playing a younger version and it's kind of distracting like it's kind of distracting, like they don't quite look right. Yeah, and right. I think the movie did a really good job of, of making it look just believable enough without it being distracting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, um, he, he yeah, so actually, at one point, he's bought the Mona Lisa. He's bought a. Uh, oh, he's he's leased it from the. Oh, Louvre. yeah, yeah, from the Louvre because it's during the it's COVID true. lockdown, so yeah. they're not getting as much tourism. <laughs> so, hey, the rich billionaire is saying, hey, give me the loot. You know what I'm saying? Give me that uh, painting so I can have it on display and join the Yeah, can, can I just say also, like, I feel like, and I'm not the first to say this, I think this movie did the best job of anything I have seen of depicting that specific time period yeah like i said it's a period piece like it's it does very, a really good job and it does a really good job of depicting like the different react like even just the stuff of like birdie like being like oh yeah i'm gonna wear a mask but it's mesh or like oh yeah right. i've got people over but they're in my pod it's okay and then like <laughs> the the 
you know, of of um, Claire, who's Catherine Hahn's character, wearing a mask, but it's slipping off her nose, and you know, and um, and and Benoit sitting there with his cloth mask and being like everybody being kind of like I don't know, can we hug or whatever? Yeah, then, yeah. The beginning, yeah, there's that. Yeah. Like that that moment, I I will never forget. I can't remember if I've told this story on the pod, but like the last thing one of the last things i did before the pandemic like started in earnest in like march 2020 um was uh purim there was a purim service at my shul and it was already like a lot of people hadn't gone and it was kind of sparse and everybody was like elbow bumping because that was the point where we're like oh we're gonna bump elbows instead of hug and that's gonna keep us safe Mm. and and it was, like, those weird sort of, we're all just kind of trying to figure out what the heck we're supposed to be doing. Yeah, what is the new social moray to do? Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so she, they start the they start the fake murder mystery that immediately gets cut off by Blanc, who figures it out. Yeah. Which is such a great, like... <laughs> I, I loved Blanc playing dumb for just a little bit about yeah. that. And be like, oh, that was so easy. Especially when he starts, like, you can tell that he just hates Miles, and he's like... Just his voice rising up like, it was the perfect little bite-sized puzzle. <laughs> like that perfect <laughs> little snack of it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, the whole time, uh, like, you know, Miles Braun is, I mean, you know, I mean, uh, uh, excuse me, uh, Benoit Blanc kind of gets a moment to talk to him to himself after he gives him the iPad and he's saying like, hey, wait a minute, you know, do you not realize that all the people that you're that are your quote unquote friends that you're bringing to this island, they all have a vested interest in trying to maybe get something out of you? Like, you know what I'm saying? These all, people all have a vested interest in maybe mm, seeing you seeing your wealth transfer to them. You know what I'm saying? Um, so, uh, uh, what is it? Oh yeah, th- that was when I wrote the line of like the most damning point: the the political pundit hard ass. Who, regardless, he still knows he can manipulate her into relaxing some of the legislation to get his sketchy new product past uh, the rules of inspection. That's the really big sticking point that made me, like, really side-eye Catherine Hahn's character. It's like, wait a minute, I thought you were supposed to go... Because, you know, later on, when when uh, Red Pill dude died, she's like, oh my god, I can't be on this... I can't be, you know, seen to have been on this island with this Red Pill asshole, you know what I mean? And it's like, and that's her friend from years ago. Right. She was, like, hugging and was like... Yeah, but what's it really and, about? And then, yeah. but then, yeah, but then... And as soon as he's dead and she's freaking out, he's just some men's rights YouTuber, not right. her friend of, you know, however many years. Yeah, we all see how the relations will break down when it's relative to, you know, what they yeah. want, right? So, uh, and oh man, as I was watching this and realizing, like, what the plot of it was, I was having it more. I was like, this is a... This is better than any James Bond movie in recent memory when it comes to intrigue of like, ooh, this man's going to sell this type of material. That's gonna, and like, every time in those James Bond movies, it's always like, I would, you know, uh, uh, I don't know. It's always some like way over the top thing that no one would actually do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where it's like, what's the practical reason why a person would actually do this, though? And with this, where it's just like, oh, yeah, this is going to be a new cheap material that we're going to get in everyone's houses. And it's going to feel like the wave of the future. Look how futuristic it looks. So don't you want to be on the wave and get this in your house? And then it's like, oh, it turns out this stuff actually works bad with pipes, especially that have gas in them because uh, as it being... It's made of pure hydrogen. Yeah. <laughs> which, um... Yeah, I, I did think a couple things were maybe hammered a little too hard. Like, mm-hmm. um, like Catherine Hahn says, oh my God, it's going to, like, it's... Oh, it's going to be the Hindenburg, Hindenburg, the Hindenburg, And then later yeah. she's like, Hindenburg. And then they, like, kind of really, 
start hammering on the Mona Lisa stuff near the end, and it yeah. started to feel a little like, okay, you can respect the audience a little more. Than that. <laughs> like, we, we were just because it's on Netflix, and you know, we're playing on our phones, doesn't mean you have to treat us like idiots. Hey, uh, guys, do you remember? We said Hindenburg, remember? <laughs> uh, yeah, and oh, and so you know, uh, Miles Braun goes on this tear about, you know, everyone used to tell me the truth. But now nobody does that because, you know, it's all fake smiles and agendas from people who feel like they're owed because, you know, that's what the rich guy's for, you know. And so it's kind of like, oh, you know, poor little rich guy. But at the same time, he's like, he's kind of making a point where it's like, can I really have real relationships with people because everyone wants a piece? You know what I mean? Can, can I also, I'm sorry, I keep like popping in with non sequiturs here. <laughs> but no, it's not a total non sequitur because it made me think of, okay, so, you know, we had the whole thing with the submersible recently, right? Uh. And the... um and these, you know, billionaires, I, and I will say... The shit that was made out of the cloth material that they experts knew wasn't going to oh, work yeah, with yeah, that yeah, submarine? Yeah. yeah. Now, I will say for the record, I feel really bad for one particular person who was that 19-year-old the kid boy, on there yeah, that yeah. got basically bullied by his dad into being that on there. That is what happened. That, to me, is heartbreaking. Because, like, okay, yeah, he was... T- you know, people like, who's technically an adult. It's like whatever. Like he started being an adult less than a year ago. Come yeah, on. He, he, <laughs> he's he, adult with training wheels. That's he, what he was. He was nineteen. He didn't want to go on there. His dad bullied him into it. I feel really bad for that kid. And I will also say, what, what didn't the mother say? Like uh, you know, it was like. Uh, his father really wanted to spend time with her, his son, so that it was like one of those things where like she didn't want to blame him, but it was just like she kind of you didn't give him a choice, you know? Yeah, well, things. and and I will also say that no matter how morally reprehensible I find somebody, the idea of what I thought was happening, what we all thought was happening with those people, until we found out that it was when it when I found out that it had been crushed instantly, I was like, honestly. Thank God for their sakes, because they they died before they knew what was happening. Whereas the idea of being trapped in a minivan-sized thing with several other people for days while you all slowly, like, dehydrate to death and run out of oxygen. That's a horror story. that That is, like, the worst nightmare I can imagine. So, anyway, so that's my opinion on the submersible, TM. But, um... But one thing that I noticed, and and this is, I promise I'm coming back around to the movie, is that, um, so some people, you know, a lot of people were saying, wow, they were spending so much money on uh, shit that could have, like, helped and, like, could have helped so many families or fed so many starving families. How dare they, right? And then you had people getting to, like, defending them and be like, well, it's their money and they can do whatever they want. And here's the thing that I have noticed. When you're talking about money and morality, numbers matter. Scale matters. Proportions matter. And I very often see people defending billionaires when what they're actually thinking of is millionaires right. or even just comfortably upper middle class people. Right. Well, if I was comfortably upper class, I wouldn't want everyone telling me that right. I have to give all so, my money away. Right. right? That's well, so for example, if you're somebody like, say, me, like I am, you know, I'm a dev, like I make decent money, I am not rolling in it, like I, I need to pay off my credit card, but, mm-hmm. you know, but like, okay, like I can pay my bills and I can afford to travel once in a while and I can afford to eat out a little bit. And like, if somebody was like, oh, wow, you went to the movies when you could have spent that $30 on, like, donating it to a food bank, I would yeah. be, like, upset about that. I'd be like, okay, so I'm not allowed to do anything fun. Right. Right. So, no one do anything fun until everyone's problems are solved. Right. <laughs> and so the thing is, I think that a lot of people are thinking about, like, that level of things of, like, 
And they're thinking, like, I should be allowed to go see a movie without feeling bad about it. And therefore, people should be able to do what they want with their money. And therefore, because they're not thinking about how what a different thing scale is. Because everybody deserves, I think, not only to have their basic needs met, but to, like, do, like, some enjoyable things once in a while. People deserve to, like, be able to go visit their friends. People deserve to go see movies and eat in restaurants once in a while and sure. stuff like that, right? <clears throat> but if you're a billionaire, you literally have more money than, like, any human being could than figure out. Than your entire lifetime needs. Right. Like, <laughs> and so people don't think about that scale and they're just thinking about, like, oh, you're telling somebody what to do with their money. When, uh, you know, somebody gets in a movie or lands an album deal or gets on a sports team and makes a little money and then all of a sudden they're having that experience you can feel some sympathy for them uh but you don't become a billionaire by accident right like you can Mm. you can be like oh i just like acting and then all of a sudden i'm in the hunger games or like oh i just like singing and playing music and all of a sudden i've got this huge hit and now all of a sudden i'm this huge star and i didn't mean for that to happen Mm. to that degree but you don't become a an industrial billionaire by accident that just you know a lot of planning and usually cutting corners and where games come to paying people Right, and so like, and so for a billionaire to be whining about it's so hard to be a billionaire. It's like you could have stopped a while ago. Like you, <laughs> right, yeah. you, you didn't have to become own your own island rich. Like nobody made you do that. Um, but I love what. So you know, the idea is that it slowly gets revealed. Okay, so all these people are people who kind of have a vested interest in, and you know, uh, Miles kind of, uh, you know, currying favor with Miles, and. Uh, they have a moment where Miles isn't there where they're kind of going like, hey, so Andy, why are you here? What's going on? I thought everything was cool. What's Why are you here? And so, you know, Hel- as we know, as Helen is this character is kind of like, oh, snap, is she going to break? Is it going to be revealed now with like what's happening? And basically, you know, she, they're saying to her like, yeah, why are you here? What's the real reason? Da, da, da. Like, what do you want? Do you want money? And she's like, well, I, you know what I want? I want the truth. And uh, just like, is anyone here going to give that to me? You know, is anyone going to be able to do that? And David Bautista goes like, you know what? I'll be the asshole. And he gets up and he's like, uh, we all know what's going on here. It's like, the problem is you you were playing the game of being the hanger on leech just like the rest of us. Problem is you just couldn't hack it. <laughs> you know, he was just like, you didn't know how to play the game and you couldn't hang in like we were. So yeah, sure. We're all holding on to that golden tip. The difference is you lost out because you, you pissed off the wrong person, right? You broke off the relation and now you don't get the money. Now you're mad. You know, that that's basically what he's trying to call her bluff mm-hmm. on. You're right. Um, Which is a mischaracterization of yes. like Andy's role in everything. Absolutely, also. as the movie yeah. reveals, but it so makes sense characteristically as these five friends who are trying to like you know get one over on each other. It's like, oh, don't act like you're better than us. Like some, yeah, that's what he says. You're acting like some unholy crime was visited upon you. When look, the reality is you're just trying to get this money like everyone else. Um, so then they're they're all uh, having a moment where they're trying to celebrate, like, oh, let's forget about it. You know, we're having a good time. We're all friends, you know, on an island together. Let's let's drink. Let's celebrate. Let's have a good time. Let's not think about the problems outside. You know, they start playing some music, da 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 da. And I love this shot right here because so what happens is, uh, uh, Dave. Uh, I mean, uh, yeah. Duke. I think that's his character. Yeah, Duke. He's like. Oh, also, I just I love his mom. I love his mom. Oh, at the beginning. And I love how both his mom and Whiskey call him Dookie. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I love just... how they're both smarter than him because she knew what the Fibonacci sequence was. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
But uh, yeah, so so like, Duke, like you know, they're they're all drinking, like you know, having libations and stuff like that. And all of a sudden, Duke starts going, huh, 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 and it's like, what what's going on? What what's going on? And it's like you know, he falls down, and people are trying to like search search his like throat to see if there's any obstruction or something like that. And it's like, oh, what happened? This man was killed. What's what's going on? And um, they have a quick moment where like they're like, okay, well. Something's afoot if this man was was poisoned. We have to mm-hmm. figure out what's going on. And then Miles kind of looks, stares like like at the the cup for a second. And he goes, oh, oh. And because he's that type of guy, he embroiders his names on all of his cups. Mm-hmm. So he sees that the cup that has fallen was his cup. And so he's like, oh, that was meant for me. And so he like starts hiding behind Benoit Blanc, like. Get, get, I'm like a fucking Looney Tune, like literally <laughs> acting like a Looney Tune, like literally hiding behind him, pushing him in front of him. <laughs> I mean, like, yes, if they're, if they're trying to poison you, they would definitely be able to do it like that. You know, it's just such a. But you could tell he's you're just gonna, like freaking out. They're gonna shoot it in his mouth with a water. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then we, of course, but as the movie later finds out, it wasn't. Uh, a poisoning it was just as a clue was dropped earlier he's allergic to pineapple uh-huh. and one of the drinks that birdie makes has pineapple in it and so as far as we're seeing like it was a mistake yeah <laughs> which is also like i was just like first of all nobody should be i mean there was obviously an intentional well i i got there was an intentional poisoning oh because Braun intentionally poisons Duke with the pineapple. He hands Duke the cup. Okay, so here's the thing. So in when when I flip back, like I notice, first of all, it's a great shot. It's with a how great they have shot, yeah. like the 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 uh, the dress kind of moving in the shot, so your eye is kind of not able to really concentrate on what's happening. And then if you look, yeah, uh, uh, uh what's his name? Miles Braun puts looks like he's about to put the cup down on the table, but then Duke picks up that cup and he- it's. And it's he, like he hands the cup to Duke. If you look closely, he yeah. Hands it but to but Duke. here's the thing that like throws me off: who hands a cup to somebody? He doesn't. Like, so he he does it in a way because it's like it, and this I only really noticed this on my second watching uh, because there is a shot that if you're looking really closely, he hands him the cup and Duke's not really paying attention and just kind of you know sometimes if somebody like. You know, if I just like, if we're just talking, whatever, you yeah. just kind of like without thinking yeah, about like it, if you're, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. And and so he just kind of hands it. Duke just takes it from him without really looking or thinking about it. Mm. But then later, when Miles says Duke picks up my cup, there's an almost identical shot yeah. of Duke accidentally picking the cup up off the table. But that's not what actually happens. Yeah, what happens is he hands him a cup. He Duke hands picks him it up, and he doesn't pick up another cup, right? Right. Yeah. So, so that was on purpose. So, yeah, Miles intentionally poisons Duke because Duke. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so here. So why? Yeah, well, that's right. my, what I'm trying so, to figure out. So, and this is okay. So remember when Duke is he's getting all the Google alerts, and then he goes, "Oh wow, look at this! I got a million subscribers on my Twitch or whatever." And then he goes to Miles and says, "Hey, with numbers like this, like we can change everything, right?" It? And Miles is like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." And then he poisons Duke. And what we later find out is that was not Duke seeing he got a million subscribers or whatever. He was showing him that it was, she was dead. It was right. Duke seeing that Helen was dead and also Duke had seen Miles rushing away from Helen's house, or from Andy's house. Sorry, not Helen, Andy. Duke saw Andy's dead. Duke also saw 
Miles rushing away from Andy's house. Therefore, he's like, oh yeah, I know, I'm now realizing... Oh, we don't have to worry about her now because this isn't the real no, one. No, that... it's a threat. He's saying, you'd better put me on your news even though I know you don't want to because otherwise I know you killed her. Okay, okay. That's the specificity that I was Yeah, so that's the, kind of, that's the kind of hinge moment. That moment is like the equivalent to the medications getting switched in yeah, Knives yeah, Out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's that Duke already knew that because he says also, like, early in the pool, he's like, oh, you remember when you almost pancaked me outside Yeah, they of... bring that up. Yeah. And it's like, it's an interesting... Yeah, I'm of Andy, and then, uh, uh, what Miles comes in says, Anderson Cooper's right. party. And yeah. it's like, in the the first time it happens, it just feels like he's like, oh yeah, Anderson Cooper's party. It sounded like he was just completing his thought. And then, and then when you, the second time that scene happens, it's very clearly him cutting him off. Yeah, yeah, um, so, okay. So, Miles knows... Duke and Miles both know that Duke saw Miles outside of Andy's house, Mm -hmm. and now they both know that Andy is dead. Therefore, Duke knows that Miles killed Andy. Miles knows Duke knows he killed Andy, and Duke is trying to use that to blackmail him into putting him on the news. But also, they're now aware that Helen is not who they're saying she is. But specifically, the reason that Miles poisons Duke with the pineapple is because... Um, is because he knows, he knows that Duke is blackmailing him. Okay, okay, that's the specific... Because the way they later did it, it felt like it was like... The way Benoit Blanc says, like, uh, it was just an accidental part... It was just a fuck Like, the way he says it made it sound like, oh, it wasn't some poison. You guys just made a mistake when serving the drinks. Like, yeah, so that was... I think that was just a slightly muddy presentation because he wasn't saying it's stupid because it's an accident. He was just saying it's stupid because it's... Because it is stupid because... I was like, okay, so first of all, just, if you are around somebody with a severe food allergy, you, like, if you're with somebody with severe, like, pineapple allergy, you shouldn't be making drinks with pineapple juice. Yeah, you think everyone would just, like, want to avoid that? Just don't drink pineapple juice. And also, why the hell didn't he have an EpiPen? Probably the same reason he wasn't wearing a mask, because he probably Ah, thinks EpiPens are for pussies. yeah. Right. So it's like Duke don't dance with pineapple. So, Isn't that funny? That's how we framed it. Duke don't dance with pineapple. No, you're allergic to it and it'll kill you. It's yeah. not you don't dance with it. <laughs> yeah. And and so like and so um I think what Blanc was saying was not it's stupid because it was an accident. Okay, that's what I was he, uh, that was line delivery through. It me was off. a yeah. stupid way to die because there shouldn't have been pineapple juice in the room. Right. And also he should have had an EpiPen and then he wouldn't have died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, like I said, I, I really like that shot, how they arrange it in a way where as they do the later on moment of like, hey, you guys remember what happened, right? And it's Miles telling it, and then you see the misdirect. Mm-hmm. It's like, they're doing it on purpose because that's him him recollecting it and putting that thought into everyone else's heads because doesn't everyone remember it how I remembered it? Right, and there are a lot of moments that are different, that are just like subtly different the second time also because when... The first time when Miles is like, "Oh, Bertie, that's a great dress," or something, and it seems natural, and then in the in the second time we see that when he's like, "Bertie, that's a great dress," oh, everybody, yeah. everybody pay attention look to her. Look at her. Yeah, she, if, wa- if, she wants attention. Let's if, give it to her so if, I can distract. Yeah, it yeah. feels a lot more obvious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially with how he feels so leading into this person that he wasn't pay- really paying attention to earlier. Yeah, yeah. I did kind of like that. How there were all those moments, like the the. 
Um, the handing the glass, the the comment about Birdie's dress, the cutting him off about Anderson Cooper. And again, this is all like a, 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 like a character based, right? We know that she is a very vain character. Mm-hmm. So in this moment, it's like, oh, hey, let's show some love to her. And but while spe- I'm uh, uh, taking advantage of that, yeah. I'll do this. But yeah. specifically, those are all moments. And even also Andy being like, like when we realize in the after we know she's Helen, mm. when we realize that her being like all mysterious and whatever was actually right. her being drunk off her ass and trying to hide it. Yes, um, that's what's like, so cool. I, I thought all the reframing where it's like, we're technically seeing basically the same thing happen, but there's a subtle difference that makes it feel... There's compl- more information that you know that colors and, the scene. And, and yeah. also it's the the shots and sometimes the dialogue are just sl- subtly different in a way that makes it completely different. Oh, and there's a one moment that I know, again, they'll plant little things in this movie that'll be like, you'll just go like, oh, I guess that's true. Uh, and then later on when it's like, no, that wasn't true. Why would you think that's true? Like, I, I had so many moments of like, oh, right, I'm a dumbass. What I think? Like, there's a part where they're getting to the island and, and the black dude, uh, Lionel, he's going like, hey, you know, what's this island? Yeah. And and the dock, I mean, the, the boat worker is going like, oh, yeah. Piece of shit. Yeah, we call it a piece of shit. We call it a piece of shit. And he was just like, Piece of shit. What is that? Is that Greek? And I remember having a moment of like, that doesn't sound Greek. That doesn't sound like a Greek sentence. But I guess the people there are saying, like, I literally had these moments all throughout the movie where I was like, that doesn't feel right. But I guess they're saying it. And then when it gets like thrown in our face at the end, I'm just like, oh, I'm gonna be so stupid. But that's the human experience, right? We do that all the time where we go, oh, that guy seems credible. I'll just take their word. You know what I mean? What I really enjoy about this movie, and I think we talked about it with the other movie too, how it subverts kind of what a mystery, how a mystery kind of functions, where it's like, this movie is self-aware that you know how mysteries normally work. And so you can feel it mechanistically going, so how can we go one step beyond that that's still going to keep you on your toes? You know what I mean? Um, So, like, when they have the idea of, like, oh, you think there's a murder? Like, sure, we're doing the cutesy little, oh, there's a fake-out murder, but there's going to be, like, a real murder that happens here, right? And it does, but that's not the main murder that we're concerned about. What we're concerned about is the murder that happened... Before the movie even started, right? Yeah, because that's who we're trying to figure out who's the culprit of. Yeah, can I... Okay, again, I'm sorry. I'm just, like, popping out with all the random things tonight. (laughs) But you know what this movie really reminded me of Mm. in a way where it was... Reminded me of it and was also completely different. It reminded me a lot of Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. I was thinking that as well, yeah, Because yeah. you have... The, the modern meta horror, you know, well, thriller. Well, and, and just specifically the, like, hey, we're gonna play a game about a murder, but actually uh-huh. then there's a real murder, and now everybody is... We're so self-aware and cinema, and, you guys. And now everybody is getting, like, paranoid, and we're all, like, trapped in this Ooh, small space yeah, together. and with that movie, I mean, not to spoil it, definitely go check out that episode, but part of it was about the misdirect of who you think it would be yeah 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 so it was and, it, and it, tonally it's very very different because it's a sort of brightly lit capery horror comedy or, or not not it's like an action action comedy mystery comedy whereas bodies 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 is like a dark and kind of you know like yeah. somewhat disturbing horror comedy yeah, yeah. um and uh and so very different tonally but they but that the setup was similar and i yeah. couldn't help sort of mentally comparing them so they have the point at which the flip happens where they're like who di- who killed cassandra Br- uh, who that's the real question who killed cassandra brand and he's asking that question as we're having the moment where she gets shot in that later on scene well, a fake out shot um but then then when they flash back and give us the sort of thing it's kind of like a oh she has a twin and you know it's funny 
there's always some sort of twin in these mystery like the, things. The first time I saw it, I thought that the twin thing was gonna be fake, and that Helen was just gonna be Andy in disguise the whole time. Mm. Like I, I thought that there was actually only gonna be Andy, and that the twin was gonna be a misdirect. Yeah. So, but the reality is that, like, no, there was a, tw- was a tw- like I like how they use the dynamic of you expect a twin to be in here, but we're not gonna do it exactly like that. The twin is dead, and like yeah. the whole point is that, and, and in fact, he he's in cahoots with Benoit Blanc, and we didn't tell you that. Sorry, we kind of lied. But we were telling the story from the perspective of the people coming to that island first. So, like, yeah. that's well, why I think I like that. It's like, they lied to you, but just because, well, we were seeing it from the perspective of those people first, and now we're giving you the perspective of these two characters. You know what I mean? And even just little things, like, um, when Blanc is like, oh, yeah, I got this puzzle box with little simple children's puzzles. And you know he's doing that. <laughs> just the and then it turns out he never even saw the functional puzzles yeah. because Helen brought it to him after she'd smashed it yeah. up. Yeah. Um, so she was he was lying the whole time and he was like there was no other box there was no fifth box not even a prototype (laughs) yeah Yeah, and just oh I just also have to say another like delightful cameo of Hugh Grant as Blanc's partner and he's okay he threw me off so bad because I was like wait is that Hugh Grant? That and he's such, in such a small role where you're like, they really just put him in here for a second. <laughs> and also, like, there was a subtle little, again, a little pandemic nod. Did you notice what he's holding when he opens the door? What is he holding? He's holding a sourdough starter. Because, ah, because that was the big thing. As somebody who, as somebody who, you know why sourdough got so big at the what, pandemic? What, why, Specifically why? sourdough, not just yeah, baking. Yeah, what, what was about Because it? you couldn't get yeast. Because, oh, so, yeah, I... You know, we bake bread almost every week, and, um, and like we got, um, uh, Jackie was making, uh, was making sourdough starters. She made like, she started like two or three sourdough starters and like named them and stuff. But I also Mm -hmm. bought like a one pound bag of yeast from like a furniture, not furniture, from a restaurant outlet. Mm -hmm. And we got, we got a 50 pound bag of flour and a one pound bag of yeast Mm -hmm. that lasted us for like a year, but you couldn't get like a normal container of yeast because it was all like, everybody was like freaking out and buying yeast. Yeah. Yeah. So everybody was doing sourdough because you don't need yeast to do sourdough because the yeast occurs naturally. So So anyway, I just thought Hugh Grant's sourdough starter was a nice touch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a little little historical Easter egg. Right? (laughs) Then we can go back on and say, oh, there was a specific reason for that. Yeah. Uh, So uh, uh, she sends an email, uh, the the real sister, Cassandra. She sent, what we find out is that she sent an email to all of her friends saying that she had the evidence that she's going to use to take Braun down. But then she died the next day of, I mean, literal overkill, sleeping pills, and in a car in the garage. It's like, wait, why would you do both? Well, I mean, the... Sleeping pills and the car turned on. Well, I think the reason for that is that um, with... The sleeping pills were to knock her out so that they could... So here's the thing, like, the the car in the garage... I'm not saying go ahead and take a bunch of pills, you might survive. Like, but you're, I believe that, okay. I I I get what you're saying. Like, make sure that you pass out. Like, it's sort of a making sure. Right. So like, the thing is, if you poison somebody with a bunch of sleeping pills, they might die or they might throw them up and survive. Yeah, yeah. If you stick somebody in a car and a garage full of carbon monoxide, they're gonna die. If one doesn't get them, the other one does, right? Like sort of. Yeah. Well, because like they put the the sleeping pills were so that 
We should also probably put, like, a trigger warning at the beginning of the episode that this is going to be discussing suicide. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, so, she... Well, she doesn't, though. It's not that well, she does, right? Yeah, still, yeah, it's, it's still a depiction, yeah, 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 so it might yeah, yeah. be worth... Good point. But, um... But yeah, so the sleeping pills are to knock her out so they can drag her and put her in the car. Oh, yeah, good point. And but but that's the thing that kind of gives it away because I remember having that feeling of like, wait, why would... If someone who's in an emotional state, it just feels weird for them to actively think that far ahead to double tap themselves. Well, and that's why, and that is also why, like, her sister says, like, mm, she was full of sleeping pills, that right. seems suspicious. Right after she had this landmark court case where right. she was, like, really angry at all these people and she said she had found the envelope. So why would she be, like, yeah. after that, oh, oh, and also I'm gonna, you know, go to a baseball game tomorrow. Oh, and then I want to kill myself. You know what I mean? It's just like, wait a minute. Right. This person clearly had plans, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Um, so, so yeah, and that's what I, why I like that reveal of like, oh, there is a murder mystery. It's just a thing that happened earlier. <laughs> yeah. That, but because the characters are in the middle of trying to figure it out, that's the reason why they're not going to break, you know, the kayfabe in the moment. So, like, they couldn't make it clear to you, the audience, in the moment of that happening because, you know, they're around the other characters and they need to... You know, present that realness. So you watching along the movie, you're tr the idea is they're trying to trick you too into believing that she's just an another one of the friends. You know, mm -hmm. um, so yeah, and then they get to that point where she's like, you know, I know somebody, one of these people is involved with killing my sister. I want to figure out who. And uh, initially, you know, Benoit brings up this whole idea is like. I got the perfect plan. You go as your sister, you know, you do the whole thing. And cause like, cause, uh, originally she's like, could you go to this Island and help figure things out? And he's like, no, if I go to the Island, I start asking questions about somebody. Everyone's clamming up. No one's going to admit to anything. If the person that the, the killer thinks is already dead goes there, the guilty dog barks. Yeah. So that's what they're trying to figure out. And I was like, Ooh, that's actually fucking brilliant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, and I love the little moment where she says, do you really think we could get this son of a bitch? And you just see Benoit like do a wry smile as it cuts to the really epic music next. I was like, that was a beautiful cinematic moment. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, and they're trying to figure things out. They're like, okay, what if Miles did it? What if, if he's the person responsible? What do we do? And I love this little piece of dialogue because she says, well, we can't rule it out, but Miles isn't an idiot. He wouldn't do uh, something so obvious after such a landmark case. And then and later like, when you get the dab of, <laughs> Miles Brown is an idiot. <laughs> that is such... And getting back to the point of what we... You know how we always say, like, whenever it's like a murderer in a movie, they always, you know, romanticize it. Oh, murderers and, and, you know, guys who plan to do, like, really bad stuff. They're always these genius masterminds and trapped on furl. And sometimes, no, they're not. No, they're fucking not. Yeah. Sometimes they're an idiot who's gotten lucky and gotten rich off of it, so they think that they're, they're completely infallible, so any idea that they have is good. Right, so they just you know, go they, the can, they can get plan. away with anything. They can get exactly. away with sticking government documents in a bathroom. And yeah, <laughs> oh, Lord. So, um, and what's funny to me is that he honestly overplayed his hand when I looked at it because Benoit was saying like, oh yeah, it, she was afraid of this guy's lawyers, but she wasn't afraid of him. Mm -hmm. And so when he tries to come and talk all this shit, she's not falling for it, but she wasn't expecting the sleeping pills. So that's what fucked her up. She was yeah. just like, I'm not going to go for this stuff. I don't care what, what you're saying or what you're talking about. But then she doesn't expect that he would go shady like that. Yeah. So that was the thing that really fucked things up. So we're like, oh, okay. So it was Miles this whole time and all these other characters, honestly, they were like, remember the scene where they're knocking on the door and they're like, we tried to, you know, go to you and try to, you know, uh, uh, to smooth things over to try to like, you know, see how you were and da 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 So like, they showed the scene of her like knocking, them knocking on the door and all this stuff. I'm like, yeah, we nearly broke the door down. We were trying to see what was going on. Mm -hmm. And 
you know, again, she's he she's Helen, but the characters don't know that. And so we're watching the movie with this dramatic tension of, oh shit, is she going to break? Is she going to reveal? And so I really like this uh, bit of dialogue where uh, it's like, you know, oh, what's she going to do that's going to try to get around this, like, you know, point of like trying to be like, yeah, well, you weren't there. Well, where, where were you? Oh shit, she didn't know where her sister was. Uh, and so she does a really good misdirect where she says, well, were you coming there to actually, like, you know, be on my side and take my side of things? Or were you going over there to try to, like, you know, get the, you know, get the, um, the evidence? And so it kind of, like, causes them to be like, oh, well, well, well. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah that's what I thought. You know? <laughs> um, and then we have the scene where, uh, oh, yeah, so they go to the, they go to the, uh, reason why Andy fell out with Braun in the first place, right? We finally get that reveal. Miles wants to use the company for what turns out to be the the clear hydro uh, hydrochloride stuff. Yeah. Um. And you know, Andy's telling him, "Is like, dude, this shit could literally blow up the world. We can't do this." this and he's is- like, "Well, at first he's just like, this could blow up the world." And he's like, "Yeah, I know, it's that great." And he's like, "No, I'm not talking metaphorically." I mean, <laughs> and and this so this is the entry, right? They're both equal partners on this thing. Um, and, and, you know, she's more of the ideas person, obviously, but he ends up having the cash. So everyone sides with him when it comes down to, like, the intellectual property rights. Well, and he, he has, has the, the cash specifically because he went behind her back and, and right. screwed over the way the, con- the company was distributed. Yeah, yeah. So he was able to push things on his side. And, and so it's like, well, I, everyone is like, well, I'm going to go with the guy who has the money and not really care about who might be right in the situation Mm -hmm. and so that's kind of like the reason why everyone is where they are at the start of the movie emotionally and so we get to the point where um we now flash back to the island the blonde girl's talking to Andy that's where we get the whole reveal where he's like oh hey she's actually kind of not as shitty as the rest of these assholes and um what is it oh yeah that's the line where she says uh this is like uh the far right stuff is uh what did she say Expedition, yeah, that's what she says. I was like, oh, an idiot yeah. wouldn't know that word. And she said it in such a specific context. She says, the far right shit is expeditious, but if I want to go into politics, I, 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 it's kind of a shit show, so I wouldn't want to go that way. And I was like, wow. Because the funny thing about, like, you know, alt-right shit online is like, yeah, it is quick, like, expeditious. Like, quick, you can get big really quick off of it because there are a lot of dumb people who just want to hear their opinions parroted back to them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And But it is absolutely a shit show because it's a bunch of crazy, you know unanalyzed people who don't haven't gone to therapy and just think that they're right about everything and don't need to think twice about it. So, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's right. There are too many woke people in Disney movies and by woke, they mean black and gay, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, da, 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 I'm trying to... Oh, and again, I love this part. So there's a scene earlier in the movie where you see that like, Oh, uh, you know, uh, there's a little bit of intrigue because Whiskey, uh, Duke's uh, wife, is... is Oh, the girl... Yeah, when she's, when she's like, when she's banging Miles and he's like standing in the woods watching... Yeah, at first you see him like walk over and it's kind of like, you see him kind of looking like he's like staring slightly more intently like, oh, what's going on? Nothing is really revealing. He doesn't specifically say something, but he's just looking and you see his hand kind of like curl up a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and it's the first time, that's another one of those moments that like is reframed later in the second telling. Because the first time we see him looking and he looks really upset, like anybody would be, you know, he looks intense, he looks upset, like anybody would be seeing their girlfriend banging somebody else unless they have a cuck fetish. Um, And, you know, and we see Blanc notice that, or we see Andy... I think we see 
I can't remember if the, we see... At first, I think we see Blanc. We see Blanc. Because he's, he's noticing everyone, and right. remember, because he's behind the butt. And he's like, what's going on right. here? Yeah. And then later, we find out that Whiskey's actually doing this at Duke's behest. Yeah, because he... Which he, is, like, really so shitty. He's not... He's pimping her it out. flips the... Yeah, it so flips that thing. And he's not watching it The upset. dynamic, yeah. He's watching it as, like, okay, come on, let's get get this, get it done for me. Exactly. And, and so that's the thing that makes you go, like, oh, this piece of shit. Yeah. And so, like, and, and what's funny is that in the dialogue, he's going, like, oh, you know the thing that I want you to do, baby? And it's, like... Come on, like uh, Miles is going like, oh, I can't help him out. He's the Rhino Dick Pills guy, you know. Yeah. I can't, I can't promote that dude, you know. And so that's kind of the reason why you see him sort of like tensing up a little bit at, at the thing that's going on. You see yeah. him like really kind of like, oh, I'm trying to get this to happen, you know. Um, and I love how later on, you know, Benoit Blanc brings up like, this isn't about you know uh, some cucked, uh, uh, you know, red boner pill pusher, <laughs> you know what I mean, or something <laughs> like that. And I love that because that so upends what these type of guys want to be. They're the alpha male. The woman does what the man commands. And da da da. da. Oh, oh no, what's the reality? You're a fu- your your guy, your guy that you're getting all this advice from is a fucking cuck who's doing it in order to try to hopefully get some of you know suck on that golden teat of his friend's money. Oh, is that your alpha male? You know what I mean? Like, that's what I love, how it really dissects that type of character in a real, like, cutting way. I'm like, ooh, this fucking movie knows what's going on. Can you clarify this for me? Because I think I might have missed something. Yeah. She didn't have the envelope before the case happened, but after the case happened, then she found the envelope with the thing in it, and she threatened to, like, go to them... No, okay, so here's so here's the time. Because if she had the envelope before the case happened, why didn't she show it? So, okay, no, 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 so here's... Okay. Okay, here's the timeline. So, Andy um, wrote out the idea for Alpha on the napkin and the glass onion bar years and years ago, right? And then she lost the napkin and didn't hang on to it because it was just a napkin, right? Mm -hmm. So she lost it. uh, And Miles, in claiming that he came up with the idea, scribbled stuff on a blank napkin and passed that off as the original napkin idea, and everybody bought it. And then, after Andy lost the court case, she slams down her bookcase because she's mad, and oh. and the original napkin falls out of a book, and she's like, okay. oh shit, here's my napkin. She puts Damn, it in an envelope, she, she emails everybody, hey, I've got the proof now, you know, fuck y'all, what are you gonna do? Mm-hmm. And then, she's killed. Now, Helen saw the email... But Helen never, Helen doesn't know where the napkin is. Helen doesn't know where anything is. Helen just knows her sister was killed and she goes to Blanc and da-da-da and they get to the island. And they're both looking on the island for the envelope. Blanc realizes that it's up in the, like, the sort of center of the glass onion. (laughs) That it's hidden in the glass thing behind the fake fake napkin. Mm -hmm. That he sees it. And so that, um, so Blanc gets, gets the real envelope and I, I think he gives it to Helen, but yeah, she doesn't, they don't like Helen and Blanc don't find the, um, don't find the envelope until the very end. Okay. Okay. And, oh, I, I wanted to point this out real quick. The the birdie character who has her, you know, Asian sidekick who... Oh, yeah, Pe- we haven't talked about Peg at all. Like, <laughs> I feel like Peg is... She's like a minor character. She, 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 like, she's a minor character, but she's one of the characters that, like, 
uh, it's one again echoing the dynamics of how people are the hangers on. Yeah, because Peg is very much of a type of the beleaguered assistant. Mm -hmm. She's also she's clearly very she's clearly a lot smarter than Birdie, which is a low bar. But she's somebody who like has the common sense to know better than Birdie, but doesn't have the sense to leave and stop working right. for Birdie. She, well, because her 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 cloud is already tied up in her, and so it's right. kind of like a well, I gotta clean and, clean up after yeah, her. Yeah, and so Peg and Whiskey are kind of these interesting parallel characters in that they're clinging on to these people who are dangerous idiots, mm-hmm. uh, and they're and neither of them is is stupid but they're both choosing to attach themselves to these stupid people for money and yeah because security. they have a pre right. built relationship that they're trying to maintain yeah. and what's interesting is that there's a whole dialogue there's a whole monologue earlier that miles braun gives about the disruptors like we're disruptors and you know going where the line is and then pushing beyond it mm. and it was kind of an interesting monologue at first i was like Oh yeah, but then it's one of those things that it's like it's kind of interesting at first, and then when he gets to it, it's like, oh, that's just stupid. But he goes, you know, because what you got to do is you got to break the system, and nobody wants you to break the system. It's like, yeah, "Yeah, because when you break the system, shit's broken. You fucking dumbass. And also, what's funny to me is that you know he was using Birdie as an example. Oh, she breaks the you know system. She goes like, no, she just says stupid racist shit (laughs) that she doesn't even understand that it's racist because she says stuff that she doesn't even know to me. That's the perfect. That is the perfect like pinpointing of those types of racist people. It's like, they're dumb. You, they don't really know what the fuck dude, they're saying. Dude, I don't know. This was like a blip of an internet scandal, but this was years ago. This, um, there was this, uh, it was a marketing company. That was the really funny thing. It was like a, of course P- it was, a fucking it was like, company. or it was like a PR company, mm-hmm. um, which was like, wow. Like, so if nothing else, you just proved you're really bad at your supposed job. Mm-hmm. It was a PR company that was brand new. It was started by two white ladies and the name they come up with was Strange Fruit. Oh my god. And apparently <laughs> and, and this is what I'm saying, like even yeah, it's like just no one black person just to tell well, you. It's, just oh, like, go it's like or even just the common sense of maybe Google the name that you came up with <laughs> right. and see what happens. Because it's just like it's like wow, but that's what Birdie reminded me of. They're like, I just think this sounds cute, and I don't know. Yeah, it's like, like oh, you might have just come up with a company that's the name of a song that was about the black people being hung. It was a metaphor, yeah, <laughs> you know, like in the south. Yeah, uh, but um, yeah. Oh, but I love what what you know, her, her, Peg, her assistant, kind of says to her. It's just like, oh man, it's like because it, what what it comes out the thing that um um um. Uh, Miles has Birdie on the hook for is for her signing up for basically doing the uh, what's her name whoever it was that had the sweatshops in the 90s Regis and Kelly yeah where, where it's like Oh, I, I just thought that uh, sweatshops was where they made sweatpants, so I just yeah. approved of it. And it's well, like, I, like oh. she didn't even have to say that. Like, Peg was like, oh, God, you thought that sweatpants. Yeah, she put it together. She was just like, oh, no, please tell me you don't think. Yeah. <laughs> and she's just like. Eey. You know what strikes me also is of the these people, like, how childish they are because when when Birdie's sitting there and like Peg is like what did you do and she's like it's right. my secret phone I mean she literally yeah. she's acting like a literal like a preschooler that's like how a four year old acts you know that's got the, caught and now they just want to be Duke, cutesy Duke way like Duke like lives with his mom and is like oh, mom mom you can't be like and can I tell you he has a gun that he keeps with the barrel on his 
dick the I know. whole fucking time. Yeah, I was just like, yeah, like the first time we said that, I was like, are you trying to shoot yourself in the junk? Like, dude. <laughs> a hot barrel that he just fired off putting right next to his nose. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Oh, I was like, God. well, you're probably not having kids. <laughs> I know. I didn't, because it's, I, I haven't fired a gun in years and I literally didn't even think about like, yeah, the heat. Oh. Yeah. But it's so, you know, you so clearly see it as sort of like, this is him, you know, exercising his manhood. Because there's one point where he's like, wearing... I was just thinking of you're trying to shoot yourself in the dick. Yeah, there's one point where he's like wearing a sort of like, uh, I don't, don't want to say kimono, but just like a very loose fitting thing. And then there's still the Speedo that you can obviously see with the gun barrel in front of yeah. it. It's like, dude, well, you just it, really want I mean, people to see that It dick. was also really like hammering home the gun as like, look at my dick. Exactly. Precisely. Um, like there's one part where he he's walking down somewhere. Like it, it, it's at first, you know, you see Andy and then you see, I think, uh, a birdie at one point. And then like he walks down and he's like, part of his body is obscured and then he walks and then you see the gun thing you're like god damn it dude put that yeah. down um, so <laughs> that but, reveal was but, the funny scene. but yeah like Bertie and Duke act the most sort of obviously like children um and it's like Bertie and Duke both act like little kids and then Claire and Lionel both kind of act like middle schoolers yeah in a way it's like Claire is like she she acts like this sort of you know, pretending to be confident middle school girl, and and even Lionel, he's like, you know, he he's like this sort of nerd who's just like, well, I gotta do what I'm, I gotta do my assignment. And right, right. To do. Okay, I'll finish your homework. Yeah, <laughs> you know. And so they, they all of them have this very sort of immature. They're all supposed to be like they're all very wealthy. They're all very successful, and yet they all act like children. Yeah, yeah. And then when Benoit reveals the plan, and it's kind of like the thing where it's just like, wait, you guys weren't doing anything that smart. This was stupid. <laughs> like, I just love the frustration that he has because earlier in the movie, he's kind of like, I've been trying to find the perfect, like, you know, uh, the, the next thing. And every time I'm in between cases, I always feel like I'm just spiraling and I'm just, not, I don't have anything until I'm, you know, chasing that next case. And so, like, he's on this case thinking this is going to be something fulfilling for him. And then when he gets to the end, he's just like, what? What? <laughs> You guys are just idiots just taking advantage of stuff in the moment? Like, this wasn't even a grand plan? Yeah, the like, fact that, like, the fact when he realizes that Miles literally took the thing he had said to him, like, yes. an hour before. <laughs> Where he's like, wait, you just took my idea. It's like, oh, this is just what you do. You're a And I love that moment where he's like, you see, like, it feels like a crumbling of his facade. The whole facade when you see him just turn around like... It's because you're an idiot. <laughs> like, and you know this guy's whole thing is based on, I'm so smart, I'm so smart. And yeah. then the smartest guy in the room just told you you're a fucking moron. <laughs> and just laid it out. And he completely explains why. It's yeah. like, no, all you did was rip off someone smarter than you's idea. That's not being smart. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I love the moment where they say like, wait, after all that, like they do the pointing out the cliche thing of like, because of course, if he... If he just burns the envelope and just, like, completely destroys it, well, then we don't have any intrigue of trying to find the MacGuffin, right? So we have this build-up point of, like, oh, here was the MacGuffin. It was in this envelope all along. And then one of the characters goes, wait, so you just had this whole time and you didn't just burn the evidence? Why wouldn't you just do that? And then it just yeah. goes, it just feels like a double beat of, 
you are an idiot. <laughs> like, yeah. he, you could have completely had, the, the, we would have had no lead at all. <laughs> but you fucked it up because you had the fucking arrogance. Because originally, they thought it was one of the other people that was bringing the envelope to the island yeah. to show to right, him to right, be like, right. oh, here's my loyalty. Look what I was able to get for you. Yeah. But what it turns out was him all along. Just hanging on to Yeah, it. as, as yeah. a bragging thing, if anything. Yeah. <laughs> Just, well, it's like a serial killer Gee, trophy. maybe. Kind of like how, you know, a certain person who was recently in a position of power <laughs> who decided to keep uh, evidence. Does it remind you of any other so-called billionaires? Impressions. Impressions. <laughs> oh, movies can tell the future. Um, but we're talking about Donald Trump if this news story has gone by. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, the final point where, you know, it seems like Helen is just kind of having a temper tantrum where she just starts breaking everything and it's kind of like, What's happening? And it kind of goes on for a while. We're just like, what is she planning to do? Is there some sort of twist that's going to happen? Because it seems like she's just, like she's on I, his island just breaking stuff. I don't at know, that I don't point, I feel like at that point, that was where I feel like the, the ending felt like the weakest part of the movie to me. Like after everything after the envelope mm. gets burned. It started to feel like, okay, everything's gotten wrapped up. Did you up know in, how to end this? Yeah. Right. It felt like everything's gotten wrapped up and revealed. And like the, there was still a couple of sort of like Chekhov's gun getting fired moments of like with, you know, with the Mona Lisa and with the clear exploding and stuff. It's like, yeah. okay. But it still just somehow felt like. I don't know. It, it, it didn't it just, feel like the button that they were trying to make it to be. Yeah, that was to me easily like the weakest part of the movie. I get what you're saying. Like I will say, especially like you know they bring up the baby blue Corvette or whatever it is, and then when it's destroyed at the end, but it's actually you can clearly tell it's fake. Didn't something feel to you like you were kind of ripped off? Like I don't know about you, but when I watched Ferris Bueller's Day Off, part of the part of Oh shit! Is the destruction of a real looking Liter car? You know, literally, I don't even remember. I don't even. Re yes. I've seen this movie twice, and I don't even remember. Yeah, because the, the idea is that the car well. is because he asked him, "Why is your car, you know, on top of the building and not, you know, where you can drive it?" He's like, "Well, there's nowhere to drive it on the island." And so it's like, "Oh yeah, rich guy gets this thing that's impractical to use just for the sake of having it." Because he says, "I bring this baby blue Corvette everywhere I go, even on an island where I can't drive it anywhere." Yeah, like, you know, what I, a fucking waste of money just to bring that car there. Yeah, like I, um, yeah, I literally didn't even remember that after seeing the movie twice. So yeah, it was not memorable. Yeah, it, it just feels like an afterthought, and it feels like it's supposed because you see the car come down, and it's supposed to be like, oh, there goes his status symbol. But because I can see it so clearly, first of all, it's just yeah, such an after after pay payoff because it doesn't really. It seems like everything's already kind of happened at that point when that happens. But then also, yeah, because it's not real looking, it's just like a. I didn't know you did. I know you didn't break a car. Like yeah. I know you didn't break his car. You it know? also feels like um, I don't know. I feel like the characters start getting a little bit muddy at that point because they're all just sort of like like none of them know how to react at first to Helen breaking stuff, and then they're all kind of like, "Woo, yeah, let's all break stuff," and they all start breaking stuff. Yeah. And it's and then and then by the end, they're all like, "Okay, we're all going to testify against Miles," and but it just doesn't. I guess. Oh, maybe. no, no, no. I know why. It was because they, they, the they Mona feel... Lisa was destroyed. He has no money anymore, so he has no power over them. So, okay, yeah. we'll say what the truth is now, now that you don't have any leverage over us. Yeah, I mean. That's that, what I think it was supposed yeah, to be. Yeah, I think you're right, and it does make logical sense, but it just still. It, it makes logical sense, but it just still felt sort of muddy in yeah. the moment of, like, yeah. the, the characters having 
the characters sort of felt like they were not sure what to do with themselves and then kind of had this slow turnaround. And yeah, it does make logical sense, but it just felt weird. It's, I guess it's this weird component of, it's not like they're doing the right thing because it's the right thing. They're they're just kind of doing it because, well, I mean, now (laughs) there's no leverage over us you have anymore. So (laughs) It wasn't, to me, that wasn't, emotionally satisfied like mm. not, the, not in the same way that the first movie was, was when say, everyone loses their money right. and now this family is in disarray like, the end of knives out when you see because marta is i think part of it is like so marta is the emotional heart of knives out and we see her at the end now she's taken care of it's mm. her coffee in her the house immigrant who was getting screwed over right is now on top and, and so we have that the last shot of the movie is is marta getting hers and like and it's satisfying and in this movie like it's kind of that helen is but we don't even know who she is until halfway through the yeah. movie like we don't we know who marta is at the beginning of the movie we don't know who helen is until halfway through she's pretending to be somebody else for most of the time so it's a little harder to emotionally connect with her and, and i and then, like when they do the final shot that's supposed to feel like the ah she's finally got her it didn't quite what, feel right, I right? Was, like, we're well, just like... Ugh. Because the other thing is, so Marta has her own, like, very real personal thing at stake of wanting her family to be okay. With Helen, it's more about revenge, which revenge is... I mean, revenge plot is classic. There's nothing wrong with it. But Helen didn't, like... I don't know. It's like her sister's still dead. Her sister's been murdered. And also, there's no real indication that Miles... You're not going to get any money off of this. Well, you know, actually, money aside, this just occurred to me that there's actually, like, no indication that Miles is going to get convicted of murdering Andy... Because there is no evidence. Like, right, like, they, they at the end they say, like, oh, I saw Miles burn the envelope or something. Oh, but no, well, one of them says, I saw him drive away from her oh, house. Oh, she does yeah, say that. Yeah, yeah. yeah but it still <clears throat> just, it still just feels sort of like, I don't know, and, and I, I think I was also distracted by, they were hammering the Mona Lisa stuff home so hard, yeah. and then Janelle Monet looked like Mona Lisa in that last shot, like the way she was posed. Ah, was just, that is, yeah, and, it seemed like what they were going for, And because yeah. they were hammering it in so hard, I feel like I was distracted by going, oh, she looks like the Mona Lisa. Yeah, okay, <coughs> so I actually now appreciate the, the, um the abnormality of that, because it felt like the shot right before, she was not composed in that way. And so when that shot happens where it zooms in on her, I remember it feeling a little unnatural. Like, wait, that's not what she looked like. She was kind of a little different. Yeah, it was, it was her looking like the Mona Lisa. And it was but now like I kind of get... Mona Lisa. But, but I feel like even the Mona Lisa, other than the whole like, oh, Miles was a douche who said he wanted to be remembered with the Mona Lisa and then he destroyed the Mona Lisa, whatever. Using the material that is... Like, his name is not yeah. Mud because that material is now being exposed as but volatile I, and destroyed the Mona Lisa. It yeah. didn't feel like the Mona Lisa, like anything specific about that art actually, like... It could have been The Last Supper. It could have been, yeah. you know... Like, it, it felt could... like the point... What I thought initially the whole point of it was just to point out how much of a idea of a rich guy 
that he is, right? Like, he is doing what he thinks rich people do. Oh, you buy out the Mona Lisa. Because remember, they joke on him for that. It's like, oh, this is basically the rich guy equivalent of getting the Che Guevara shirt. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and so it's like, they're clowning on him for actually still being a guy who doesn't have that much taste. But it's like, well, the average person knows what this is, so it's important to them. And also, you know, the viewers, of course, are going to like be able to recognize yeah. that more than, you know, Salvador Dali painting or something like that. But, like, you know... I mean, it was funny because the other move, the other painting I was about to say was Persistence of Memory, and I couldn't remember, <laughs> I couldn't remember the name See, of it. you can't remember it. Like, <laughs> but I know but, what you're talking about when you say it. <laughs> yeah, but, but yeah, I, I don't know. I just... It didn't... It, I, I think, like, this movie, it was really good. It was really fun, but... Did the, you quite stick the landing? Well, yeah. Like, the ending just felt a little bit of... It felt like the ending petered out a little yeah, bit, like, oddly enough. The fact that it literally ends in an explosion, but it still kind of felt like it petered. First well, of all, all of those people should be dead. I was thinking that. I, was, I literally wrote like, that up and I was like, why did how, that explosion kill everybody? Like, everyone should be dead for like, that. Daryl. We never mentioned Daryl. Daryl should be dead. <laughs> Darryl. I like, Daryl. I feel bad for Daryl. He, he's he's the one guy that was like, yeah, he was just... He was the Kato Kalen of the whole situation. He like, he's it, the guy that the rich guy feels bad for, so he holds him up in his home, you know? I did think it was so funny when Helen, like, rushes into his room and he's just like, hey, you want to hang out? Yeah, like, like, he's genuinely... Like, it's just like a... Oh, I'm just... If you want to chill, I mean, I'm I loved here. every time when he was like kind of shuffling past in the background, like, don't mind me, I'm not here. Yeah, and he's literally not part of it's not, and, it's and the when, most red herringest red herring in the Miles, sense of like, no, there is nothing there. And, and when Miles was just like, oh, he's just going through some stuff, don't mind that guy. Yeah. Like, that, I don't know why, but that was just so fucking funny to me. Yeah. <laughs> of a character who's like, no, this is just genuinely a, a dude like character, you know, like from fucking yeah. Bigabowski, just fucking chilling. And what I loved is, especially at the end, when they're smoking and you hear the, please. No smoking. This is a no smoking garden. And like fucking Ben Wall lights up and he's and you reveal that he's next to the oh, dude he's and he's next like, to fucking a. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like I, that was like there are fun aesthetic moments, especially in how this movie like builds up and pays off, but there is a certain way to it. Like I said, the explosion, not killing everyone, the the fact that how it ends where it feels like it's, it's supposed to be doing that final shot of haha, she finally got hers. But it's kinda like I remember having that feeling of did she, though? I mean, what is her, like, why right. is she doing the look to the camera of, like, you know? You know, well, it's kind of like, what, what did, you yeah, know, like, and, yeah, and yeah. And Helen, again, I just feel like um, it's it's easy to compare her to Marta because she's, in this movie, the, the young woman who's teaming up with Benoit and whatever. Sure. But she's, I, I think, because of the twin thing and the misdirection and because she barely talks and you know for a lot of it and because she's pretending to be somebody else for a lot of it and because we don't even figure out who she really is until halfway through it was hard it was harder to emotionally connect to her and 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 i feel like do we ever see her die uh we we see we see andy we see andy like collapse but it's also in the like in the car sort of in the car we we see andy collapse from the pills but it's also when somebody's sort of speculating and we see like the different possible versions of like yeah maybe and so it wasn't like quote-unquote real so what if it is her what if that last i'm just being a dick well what if the last shot is the pointing to the audience it was actually me, and, oh. and I'm fooling Benoit into, by pretending that I'm the sister to try to help, like, get revenge on this asshole. Like, you, you know what? Because you just said that, and I was like, oh, but the story came out about her being found dead, but, like, 
She's like rich and influential and powerful. She could have gotten fake news stories put out about very her. Very true. Death. Very true. So, or she could have gotten the sister kitten. <laughs> because, because I, be, no, I, I wouldn't mean, go that dark. Because originally I was like. Well, and, and, and it's like, there's, I think Birdie is like the only character who's like, oh yeah, you mentioned a sister, and it's like, you can lie, and maybe, it's also like, knowing what we, what little we know about Andy, she does seem like the kind of person who would like, have a made up twin sister she'd tell people about occasionally. Right, right. And so... And the way that she's acting to him, it is acting different around Benoit Blanc, but that could just be because she's trying to act different Helen, around him to push that narrative. Helen does seem a little fake, and I just put that down to maybe like Janelle Monet is a little nah. newer at acting, yeah, yeah, and like, yeah. Um, but yeah, actually, like that's just be fan theorying. No, I don't know. No, honestly though, because my initial thought when I first saw the movie, at least midway through, was like, oh, I don't think Helen's real. I think this is like all Andy and whatever. Mm. But yeah, maybe. Like, okay, so that is our. Tell us if tell us if we're right or wrong. That's, is the internet talking about this? I don't know if that was the thing. I, I, did, I, I have not seen anything about that, but yeah, now I'm wondering if that's just all been Andy all along. Yeah, yeah. It was Andy because it's, all along. Well, because it's also the kind of thing that I feel like if you the kind of the kind of entrepreneur that Andy is, and she's like giving TED Talks and stuff, you know that if you're some kind of a like She's basically, a, she's less of a bullshit artist than Miles, but she's still kind mm. of a bullshit artist. She's right. not an engineer. She's not this or that. She's just like somebody with ideas. And she gives TED Talks. Yeah. If that kind of person gives TED Talks and they have a twin, they're going to talk about the twin. They're going to be like, I grew up with a twin and this we did this. Uh, right? Yeah. And yet, you might tell somebody like Birdie to pull their leg that you have a twin, but you're not going to say it on a recorded TED Talk where somebody's going to fact check and call you out. Mm-hmm. Mm. Quite the, uh, quite the, quite the quandary we'll we'll leave you folks with, uh, and also just the fact that she's running with open toed shoes at the end when all that glass is on the ground. I was just like, what the fuck is going on? Don't run! Oh, oh, I'm like now thinking about bits of broken glass in the ends of my toes. That would hurt. Right, because like she's running, and I was like looking down at her shoes, like okay, the 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 toes are out. Like you're gonna. That would hurt so much. Yes, and it's like a scene where she's like running towards the the because they have the moment of like oh. The Mona Lisa is protected every time, so like anytime anything gets close, but it's like unless you hit that one button, and she starts running towards the button, and like if the moment where they do a slow mo where like Miles goes, <gasps> or he like realizes, like realizes what she's doing and tries to go for it, and I love the little like thing where she get maneuvers right in time to like move him out of the way to where he like runs and keeps falling like uh, you know around her, and then she like hits the button and you see, like the, there's a look on her face that she has that I can't I mean I can't express it to you audience but it's just like a fuck out my face yeah that was that was really a funny moment legitimately the way her arm went out like that I had a space jam flashback moment it did it it felt like yeah it felt like a slow-mo replay (laughs) where it's like right before the shot clock goes up and I hit it and it opens up and of course the fire takes everything down but yeah you know it's certainly it's a serviceable movie I'll say this much I think it is a better, more fun experience. Like, it may not be, you know, oh, whatever, winner of Academy Award, whatever. But when it comes to a movie that I want to see on Netflix that's going to be satisfying, like, mm-hmm. this is setting a pretty, pretty high mark, I would say. Yeah, like, I mean, I think the only reason that we're not more enthusiastic is that Knives Out just set the bar so high. Yeah, yeah. And so I remember feeling, and people kind of saying, like, oh, this isn't like a sequel. Come on, guys. It's a movie on Netflix. But I will say, like, for a, again, this all has to be proportional and put in perspective. For a movie on Netflix that I, like, most movies on Netflix are mid to kind of sucky. So, mm-hmm. like, 
I will take this, is yeah. what I'm trying to say. Like, I will take the sequel to the Knives Out movie that may not be blowing my mind as much as the first time, but it's still a fun, interesting ride that, like, is worth worth the squeeze, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, for so sure. I'll say that much. Um, and also, uh, you know, again, props for the most meta Beatles song for the most meta movie that we yeah. can Glass Onion, and I love the explanation that they kind of give, where it's like, a glass onion, you're, you're peeling back these layers, and you think there's something more there, but... There's, I can see through it the whole time. And yeah. I think this is another one where just having like the great affection that I have for the first Knives Out movie maybe spoil things a little bit because when he started talking about the glass and I was like, oh, he's just they're rehashing the donut whole thing. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn it! Now you're ruining it because I thought that was a really good metaphor. No, then you brought I, it back to that. No, yeah, it no, was. No, no, no. That's what I said. It was good, and it's <laughs> just that I'm spoiled. You know what it is? It would have. You know, if you come up with like. Like, in the writing process. Like, when making the sequel, he came up with the better metaphor. And he's like, shit, I wish I would have put that in the first movie. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it is a really cool... And I love the imagery that they use. Like, there's that one part where there's some sort of thing. I think it's a glass onion. But when you look at it, it's just, like, mirrors reflecting within each side, mm-hmm. within inside each other. And it's like, I love how, like, the movie visually is giving you hints as to how, quote-unquote, deep the plot of the movie is. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, I think that's really cool. You know, good, serviceable movie. Definitely can't hate on it. Um, so check it out. Unless, I mean, movies like this are kind of spoiled when you hear people talk about it. Well, yeah, I mean, we, we always say check it out. But I would say, hopefully you haven't listened if you haven't seen it. Because otherwise, also the way we well, talk, we're talking about it is not going to make any sense. Or you just wanted to hear, you know, such fascinating gents such as us, like, you know, go through it and really pull it apart. But know? I will say, having now seen it twice, it is really worth a rewatch. Because it is so fun watching mm. that first part mm. again, mm. having seen the second part. You're so right. Yeah, in fact, it probably is just like just watch the first part again just to be like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but yeah, until next time, this has been the review of new podcast. Thank you so much for listening. You know what to do if you want to support us. Ko-fi.com slash rapcritic for one-time donations or patreon.com slash rapcritic for ongoing donations to get the episodes. And uh, until next time, I'm DJ. I'm Evan. And slow it up. Speed it up, slow it up, speed it up, metal finger, speed beats, grim reaper, eat em up, speed em up, slow em up, speed em up, slow em up, brain sick, tick, tick, mf, blow it up. Ooh.